The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett, here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jelinch. Today, we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey. And Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the Send Message button below the banner. Each week on the show, we'll respond to a listener question or comment. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected, so please let us know what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. Our show today is titled From Chaos to Peace. When we first get clean and sober, it's not unusual to feel like the whole world has been turned upside down. It can feel like chaos has taken over our lives even. Fortunately, if we're willing to do the work, the recovery journey includes the gift of balance and peace. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on moving from chaos to peace using the power of order. We'll begin today by sharing our experiences of chaos in our recovery uh, journey. Then we'll move into the solution of the power of order. And after the break, we'll share exactly how the power of order helped us to move from chaos to peace. So, Dan, tell us about your experience of chaos on the recovery journey. Well, what I remember especially is, and and the chaos was not so much external. You know, I'm uh, I have a uh, an active internal world, like I think most of us do, (laughs) and so I might look very calm and quiet on the outside, but inside. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And so when I think back, I remember having a strong sense of feeling just sort of lost. Okay, so that's not chaos, but it it was certainly uh, very disruptive for me. The best word that I'd run into that really seemed like it fitted is I felt unmoored. Mm. Like, you know, like a hot air balloon that's not tied to the ground. You know, it's just floating floating out there so un- untethered yeah almost yeah. or un- unmoored in in a disconnected kind of way not like a wow i love this freedom kind of way right because there, there is that way of thinking about being untethered or a hot air balloon but i mean like 
the world, the you know, the ground underneath me has disappeared. I have nothing solid to stand on. Yeah. Um, that sense of it. So just sort of a raw and unsettled, unorganized, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of uh, feeling like even even little things. And I and I read an article somewhat recently. I don't recall where that had a great phrase that described this. Now they were talking specifically about um, experience of depression, which I have had. Yeah. And they they referred to things as the impossible task. The impossible task could oh, be. Yes. A simple, so it, it be some very to do. It, it's not like it would take a lot of effort or it's complicated or whatever. It's just insurmountable. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what that feels like. It yeah. could be that errand that never gets run. It could be yeah. the laundry that never gets done because yeah. it's just too overwhelming. And so when I think about chaos in my life, that kind of unorganized or disorder is what comes to mind. Yeah, I certainly relate to that. And, you know, we always like to say that we're talking about these things as if they're all in the past. (laughs) We've moved beyond all of this. (laughs) But some of these things we continue to experience even after many years of recovery, because that's just the nature of life. I totally relate to that insurmountable task. Usually for me, it's something that I'm procrastinating on because there's some aspect of it that I don't want to deal with. There's, you know, an issue I need to confront or someone I need to deal with, or it brings up feelings I don't really feel like accessing. And so that, that one task does, you know, actually become, like you said, insurmountable. It's, it's hard to even get started. And I also, um, you know, have struggled with, uh, low grade chronic depression. And so I know how that can, um, interact with our tendency to procrastinate and sort of create these things that are really hard to just get done. So, and then of course, now we are in the middle of a global pandemic and all kinds of other things occurring. So, um, if you're feeling that way, it's okay. It's normal. A lot of us are feeling that way right now or going sort of in and out of that feeling. Uh, I like to really try to normalize as much as possible what we're all feeling because I know a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know why I feel this way or why do why are things so tough right now? And, you know, uh, just trying to normalize that a lot of folks are feeling that way. And we are simultaneously dealing with so many different things right now that um, if you're feeling that way, it's all right. So I agree with you. It was the same thing for me. My chaos was mostly inner, inner chaos, internal chaos. Uh, I actually, at that point in life, um, you know, pre-motherhood, pre, you know, all of the adult responsibilities that I have now, I actually had my external life pretty organized. I was very obsessively organized, but I wasn't organized internally. I didn't have my inner my thoughts or my, um, my inner dialogue was disorganized. So that's sort of how I relate more to the idea of chaos is I had sort of emotional chaos, you know, I was kind of, and I can be that way still sometimes, you know, (laughs) it's kind of all over the place and not, okay, here, here's the way I can describe it. I was, my emotions were having me. I was not having them. I was sort of on this roller coaster where, you know, who knows what's coming next. I'm just kind of all over the place and I don't have a lot of order or control over all of it. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely identify with everything you're saying. And I suspect 
uh, many, if not most of our listeners as well. And I had seen, and and this, uh, like you're saying about what's going on in the world today, I mean, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. That's not normal, right? That's extremely stressful. I don't care how long it's gone on or how, whatever this uh, alleged new normal is, it's not normal to have to wear a mask to go into a store because you're afraid of being infected by or infecting somebody else. That is not how life usually is. And I'd seen... Uh, statistics about anxiety and depression up significantly, like 30%. That's a massive increase uh, in anxiety and depression for people. And so, yeah, this is really hitting us all hard. And, you know, you out in California, we're literally on fire. If you're in California or Colorado. And then the whole political landscape is, you know, whole uh, blankety-blank unto itself. My goodness, how could we not... Um, you know, being be affected by all of this that's going on. So I agree with you. This is a a uh, genuinely difficult time, and if anybody is having a hard time, that is totally understandable. Yes, in fact, it, it, it's I don't want to say it's to be expected because I don't think it's mandatory, but yeah. I know it's affecting me and yeah. um, others that I talk to. So I think there's nothing uh, wrong at all with being in that place and that many of us are in the same place okay so another way that chaos showed up for me is um a a general so a a fear of people and and especially fear about anything related to money you know started to get much worse at the end of my uh, drinking career yes and i'm reminded because those two things appear in the same sentence in the promises, right, fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. Yeah. And I right. thought, wow, how odd or prescient, perhaps, that, um, that that Bill wrote those two things together in the promises, and that's exactly like the number one and two um, issues that I had, especially, like I said, at the end of my drinking, where it was really starting to get out of control. And so that felt very chaotic, just like this fear of, of um, you know, not being able to deal with even the smallest uh, problem that yeah. might come up. Uh, yeah. And even the smallest little bump in the road felt like it was overwhelming and, and it just would uh, take me out, right? And yeah. I just could not handle anything so that kind of chaos i have experienced as well yeah i could describe the chaos as generally being a fear-based way of being in the world you know just sort of being fearful of lots of things um engaging in a lot of worry and um fearful uh it, it it had to do with control you know feeling like i needed to be in control of things but of course you know, most, if not all control is illusory. So we really can't ever be in control. So then feeling out of control. So it was that needing and wanting to control things and well, and also feeling like I was responsible for controlling things, responsible for making things happen and responsible for essentially holding up my whole corner of the world, you know, a lot of um, burden with that. And like you said, fear of economic insecurity. I mean, that was a big one for me. Unity really helped me a lot with that, with our prosperity teachings, because I used to live in that fear all the time. You know, I had a real lack mentality. 
I didn't know that's what it was at the time, but that's now I know that that's what it was. I was living in lack consciousness. And so, yes, the fear of economic insecurity, fear of how things were going to turn out, fear of the future, fear was I doing the right things, um, just a lot of fears. And so to me, that's chaotic. Living in fear is, is a chaotic way to live. That's not peaceful. You know, we're going to be talking about the opposite of chaos being peace. And I would say that fear is not a peaceful way of being at all. So that was, you know, and just sort of, we, we talk about in recovery, you know, being uncomfortable in our own skin. Yeah. That's chaotic too. If you're, you know, just not even comfortable inside yourself or in your own mind, you know, we always say, Oh, you know, don't want to go in there. That's a dangerous place to be, you know, because our minds were chaotic. My mind was chaotic. It was full of fears, full of projections, full of worry, full of doubt, full of needing to control. And so that was chaotic. Yeah, in early recovery, I also remember you know, feeling a sense of chaos and you know the world upside down or the rug pulled out from under me, all that kind of um, severely uncomfortable thing. And I, looking back on it, or I realized at some point it's Ironically, I was actually in far more control of my life in early recovery than I had been late in my drinking career, but yeah. it wasn't hitting me quite as hard. You know, uh, you get clean and sober and all of a sudden uh, everything starts to have a level of clarity yes. that it may not have had, which can add to that feeling of, oh my gosh, you know, the, the just that chaos, like you're talking yeah. about, they, you know, grounded in fear. I agree. That's been my experience yeah. as well. So even though I was on a recovery path, I still felt ungrounded and lost. It yeah. felt like more so than in my drinking. But the truth is, it, I was far more ungrounded and lost while I was drinking than right. after when I was in recovery. I may have been feeling it more, but I was actually in a in a much better yeah. place. So now that we know about this challenge of chaos in our lives, what is the solution? Well, in unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles. And our unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, developed a set of 12 spiritual principles that he called the 12 powers. And these are 12 spiritual abilities that we all have, but that we can le learn to use more effectively in our spiritual uh, path and our spiritual growth. Yes, and we are all using all of these powers all the time, and our task is to become more conscious of how we are using them so that we can use them in a more skillful manner. And the power that can help us move from chaos to peace is the power of order, and that's what we want to focus on today. But what does this power of order look like in our lives? Is this like an external kind of order, or does it tell me how to go about doing things? You know, what does it mean when we say that order can help us move to peace? So when you think about the power of order, Michelle, what comes to mind? Is that like an internal, external? What What is going on with that? Okay, well, I just have to say for me that when I, um, so I got, I found unity in early sobriety. So the two really go together. You know, I wasn't in recovery for very long before I found unity. So the two things were really evolving in me at the same time. Order for me 
was completely shifting my whole understanding of the universe, the way things work. So before I thought I had to make things happen. I thought I was responsible. I thought I had to control things. Um, I thought staying awake at night, worrying about things was going to help make things come out the right way. You know, and in recovery, as well as in unity, I learned that I didn't have to do any of that, that um, there was this thing we call divine order, a little bit hard to um, describe, and I'm sure we're going to be doing that today. But it was this idea that um, things were all unfolding just as they should, and it was all going to be okay. You know, now we're going to tease that apart a little bit over the next hour, because that doesn't mean that everything is always going to turn out the way I want it to, or that painful, tragic, difficult, challenging things are not going to happen because they most certainly are. And that's just the nature of life. But, you know, so many of the things that I worried about, and this still happens, never even happen. And I wasted all that time worrying about something that wasn't even going to happen. So, you know, in recovery, we call that futurizing or catastrophizing. It's that tendency, uh, probably not unique to addicts, but we probably go at it a little harder because of our addictive nature. (laughs) But, you know, just that idea that, oh, gosh, you know, what's going to happen in the future and that worry and that stress and it's hard to explain, but I guess if you've gotten this sort of, you, you know, this view of the universe, then you know what I'm talking about, that it's just all going to be okay. And there, there is a divine order that is active in the universe. Uh, all things are ultimately unfolding for good, even though they may not look good right now, or they may not look good on the surface, but that there is a For me, it means that there is an upward spiral to the universe and to human consciousness. We are not just floating along with no purpose, just kind of, you know, whatever. I mean, there's there's purpose. There is an order. There is a destination. We are all evolving upward. We're getting better. We're getting more awakened, more conscious, moving closer to good and to God and to love. And and therefore, whatever happens in the meantime is just all going to be okay. That was huge. That was a major shift for me. Yeah. To be able to find that place within ourselves where we can see that truth that you're pointing at, because in order to do that, I know I need to get out of the particulars of, you know, whatever happens to be going on in the moment, which can be tricky to do. And I was reminded as you shared of that old, uh, saying I've had thousands of problems in my life, a few of which have actually happened. Yeah, exactly. You know, almost, you know, 99.99% of the things I worry about do not come to pass. And it's not because I was worrying about them, right? There's that sense, like you said, that if I don't worry about this, then things are going to go very badly. And at some point I just gave up and I realized if I don't even think about it, things are fine. You know, I could, I could run around or I could say, you know, I'm always worried that a train locomotive is going to fall out of the sky and crush me constantly worrying about that. And it's never happened. So see my worrying (laughs) is keeping me safe. You know, that's kind of how it feels when I think about order. um, And I think this is sort of just another way of saying what, what you're talking about, that the universe functions in an orderly manner. Even when I can't see yes. the order, 
like you're looking around at nature and especially things like, uh, you know, I'm blown away by what we learned from astronomers who are looking out. And of course, a long time ago, people figured out, oh, the moon sort of revolves around the earth like some invisible force keeps these two things together just as the earth goes around the sun. And oh, man, look, this whole solar system is like in this dance that it's doing and everything is in equilibrium and balanced. And that doesn't mean that things never change, but it, it means that things aren't just haywire. Right. You know, th things are, things are in a sort of stasis in a sense. And I totally agree with you that the, you know, the universe leans towards higher levels of joy and expression, yes. I think always. And that is why uh, we can see that in our own personal growth, especially in our addiction recovery growth, mm -hmm. that it's it's there for us if we're willing to um, do the work. So looking around at the natural world and recognizing there's order in everything. You know, yeah. if you go into a forest that is, is genuinely untouched, you might look around and say, there's a lot of dead trees in here. Well, there's like the normal amount but we're not used to seeing that because yeah. new trees grow and increased trees have a life cycle and they fall and they degrade and insects live in them. And all this good comes out of the tree that has fallen over and it becomes the soil again. And, and then new tree, you know, it's this whole life cycle. There is no problem unless I look around like there's a lot of junk in this forest. We need to clean this forest up. Right. Well, I just decided that there was a problem with it, but there really is no problem. So looking at nature and seeing the order in nature, I find reassuring. Absolutely. You are totally talking my language. I am a nature junkie. I love to be in nature. Nature is very spiritual for me. It's where I get reminded of the truth and I get myself right sized again. Um, you know, I, there, I share a lot in my church. There's this place about five minutes from my house called the Frog Pond, and it's just this little oasis of nature. And it, the freeway runs right along the side of it, but there's like a row of, you know, bushes and trees. And so when you're there, it's like, it's like you're... <sighs> You're, you're right on the edge of these two universes, you know, over here on the right, you've got cars rushing by and you've got the craziness and the material world. And then over here on the left, you've got this beautiful sanctuary and oasis where birds are singing and frogs are croaking and things are growing and everything is happening just as it should. And I love to go there and just look at the beauty of that order that natural order, everything has a place, everything has a purpose, everything hangs in an intricate balance. And here's the kicker, all of it without my intervention. <laughs> How is that possible? I, the nerve, right? And that helps right size me. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not holding up the universe. The universe is doing just fine without me. In fact, it does a lot better without my intervention. <laughs> and so I really um, get a lot from that too. Yeah, you made me think of this meme that I saw going around at one point. It said, I have 99 problems. 87 of them are completely made up things in my head that I'm worrying about for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And it's really true. For me, so, yeah, 97. Yeah, exactly right. And of course, you know, we got we're team Jesus over here, Dan and myself. And so what did Jesus say about worry? You do know not. That, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> no don't need. Do it. The, really, I think the message is there is no need for you to worry about all this stuff. Yeah. It's handled. It? Look around it? you. 
Yeah. And, and the way I think he said that was that, you know, who has added even a year to their life or whatever it is um, by worrying, meaning that, you know, we don't get anything from worry. We don't add anything to our lives through worry. We don't extend our life. We don't avert danger. You know, it doesn't, it just doesn't do any good. And in unity, you know, we are all about the consciousness. So when we have a worry consciousness, we're probably just attracting more chaos and more, you know, sort of bad or negative things happening to us anyway. So um, that's definitely not what we want to have knocking around in our consciousness. And the antidote to that is this divine order that we're talking about today. And this, this sort of trusting the process and this belief that I don't have to see how it's going to work out. I don't have to know the details. I just have to know that it is. And the only thing I can say about this is that it has panned out for me in my life. Every single thing I worried about that I thought was just, there's no way this is going to work out. What am I going to do? Woe is me. It's all turned out okay. Maybe it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to, but it's all been okay. And it's actually been much better than the Michelle plan. You know, the divine plan is always better than the Michelle plan because the Michelle plan is coming from my ego, from my fear-based consciousness. The divine plan is coming from a much higher place and um, trusting that there's an intelligence that pervades the universe. We sometimes call that God and that it's it's all functioning just as it should without my intervention. You know, that doesn't uh, mean we don't show up. We show up, we right. suit up, we do the things we need to do. Yeah, We participate, so, but yeah, we don't exactly. need to control it all. I'm reminded that Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore called order the first law of the universe. That's how foundational it is because truly everything operates according to some kind of order. But we can we can use this in our own lives too. I mean, I, I want to move uh, for a minute from sort of the ideal into the um, the day-to-day. We have routines in our lives. We have rituals. We have organizations and, you know, like my, you might look at my closet and think, oh, my closet's really unorganized, but all my clothes are in the closet. So I've got that level of order going on. So don't uh, let me not forget that. It, my whole life is not chaos. You know, I don't have a lawnmower in the kitchen sink and, you know, in a car in a bedroom. And I have some sense of order here and truly all as well. Yeah. Um, and I love what you said about trusting the process, too. Yeah. And I, I also try to remember that of all of those things, so all those thousands of problems that I've had in my life, I can't remember any of them. I mean, apparently no. they weren't really very important because I literally cannot remember all the things I may have been worried about. They just, they're transient. You know, they yep. go away and I don't have to invest so much energy in them. But I can have, you know, routines in my life and, and rituals that help support my growth but let's hold that thought because it is time for a short break and when we come back we will continue the conversation please stay with us Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back indeed. We're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett, and I'm here with our co-host, Reverend Michelle Jellinch. We'll resume our discussion in just a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there, and each week we'll respond during the show to a listener question or comment. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. Well, prior to the break, we were discussing chaos and what that looked like or even sometimes still looks like in our lives and our recovery journey. And then we moved into talking about the 12 powers and particularly the power of order. So now that we have discussed chaos and we know the solution is the power of order, how did you or do you continue to use the power of order to move out of that space of chaos into a place of real peace in your life? I found some of the very, it's almost like, um, you know, addiction recovery community 101 principles and suggestions that were made Mm -hmm. um, super helpful. And I can see why. These are the things that are recommended, especially early on. But I've also found, um, as we've touched on uh, more than a couple times, none of this stuff is one and done, right? I still can go back to these tools uh, to help me get myself back in alignment or help my, you know, help to um, move out of an experience of chaos more into an experience of order. So one of them, so if, if when I was a newcomer or maybe someone listening is a newcomer or coming back, if, if I'm feeling disconnected, I create a plan, which is an expression of the power of order, just creating a plan. It could be very, very simple. And the plan could be just to call someone else who's in recovery each day, one person. Yeah. And if, I don't, if they don't pick up, I don't have to keep calling them back. I can just leave a message. But the... Um, Developing the habit of picking up the phone and reaching out to someone else who's in recovery mm-hmm. um, each day, because by talking to others who've had the same experiences, I can become more connected and able to find our way. I have never called anyone that was bothered or annoyed in any way that I was calling. In fact, yeah. they're delighted that I was calling. And that's why the, the advice that I heard, and I find it very wise, is um, you know, when you first show up or maybe you're in a new group or maybe you're new to recovery, just start a list of as many phone numbers as you can get. Um, where I was, their guideline was, you know, men with men, women with women. Certainly there are exceptions here and there. But in general, you know, right. we want to keep romantic relationships out of it. And so you get a list of peers uh, to call and then you can just start calling down that list you know right. you'll probably get someone eventually and so you know taking steps like that if I'm feeling disconnected I can put into practice a very simple plan which is an expression of order and that can be as simple as calling down my list of names yeah Well, we're talking sort of about recovery basics and that these things that sometimes sound cliche, but they're extremely helpful. And one of the first things we learn in recovery is this idea of one day at a time, you know, and that is really 
um, the antidote to chaos, right? Because chaos typically comes from us getting out in the future, trying to figure out how it's all going to shake down, trying to make sure that things come out the way we think they should. And so the antidote is one day at a time. And sometimes it's just one hour at a time. And like we like to say here a lot, one next right action at a time. Um, it's a way of really breaking down what can feel really overwhelming and just breaking it down to the present moment. Um, the present moment is never chaotic. It's always the moment, the the past previous moment that we're dragging into the present or the future moment that we are sort of leaning towards, that's what creates the chaos, right? So if we can just be present and it's not easy, it's simple, but not easy. Um, but just dealing with what's in front of us, you know, let me handle this particular thing that's in front of me. Let me do the next right thing today, you know, and, and we tell newcomers and sometimes even when you're not new, you know, we need to get reminded of these things. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. You know, don't drink today or don't use today, whatever your addiction is. Call your sponsor, or that could be call your minister, or call a trusted friend, call someone that's supportive, go to a meeting if possible, you know, keep it simple. You don't have to solve the world's problems today. If all, especially, you know, coming back to this, the state that we're in right now with the pandemic, with the fires, with the hurricanes, with the election, um, with all of the chaos swirling around us all the time, keep it really simple. What do I need to do right now? What do I, what can I focus on today? And that's enough, you know, that is enough for us to deal with. It's enough for me to deal with. Um, what's going to happen in the next moment, the next hour, the next day, the next week, that's not my business. You know, we, we like to say that's God's, that's God's business. That's God's deal. I don't need to control the universe. I just need to focus on what's in front of me right now. And it's a really wonderful way to live. And, um, you know, it's a, it's one of our most common sayings in 12 step, but it's actually a very deeply spiritual concept of living in the present. Um, and one of the ways that we can learn to do that is, um, through a daily practice of meditation. And I'm a huge proponent of that. It took me many years to really get into a daily practice, but now I wouldn't give it up for anything. And again, with my meditation practice, just as with my life, keep it simple. It does not have to be some elaborate form of meditation. I practice very simple breath awareness, mindful meditation. Um, there's a million different kinds of meditation, but anything that helps bring you into the present moment, because that's where that order and that peace reside. They don't reside in the future. They most definitely do not reside in the past. It's always the present moment where that peace that is our true nature can be found. You know, uh, as you describe your uh, meditation practice, which is a great example of keeping it simple, which I agree is so very important. You know, it's it, there's something about us, it seems, those in, in recovery. We have this sort of combination of over overthinking and being grandiose and like, yes. okay, so I want to I develop a meditation practice. Step one, go to India and find a real guru. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't just have whatever. I need a real guru. <laughs> And, you know, and if, and if step one is fly to another country, then I need to step back and take a look at it. Step one is never 
um, yeah. you know, write a novel. Step right. one is is never to do any grand thing like, oh, I'm going to, you know, replace all the plants in the garden. Step one is, oh, on the table next to the couch I'm sitting on are a couple dirty dishes. I'm going to put them in the sink. That is step one. That's doing the thing that's right in front of my face that's so simple, so mundane seeming. Yet if I do it, I will discover the power that is inherent in underneath all of that. Right. Uh, another advice to newcomers that I found super helpful is if I was feeling lost, I was advised by someone who'd been around a lot longer than I was to write down all of these to-do items that are flying around in my head. You know, all these have-tos, better not forget this. Oh, man, I'm going to do that. Oh, I want to do that. All that stuff, if it's flying around in my head, that's creating a lot of unease and chaos. Right. And if I literally just take a piece of paper, you know, I don't even have to have like an organization calendar system. I mean, just a piece of paper and write down every everything that comes to mind. And when I've done that, I can go back and, and look at them and say, well, which one of these, if any, needs to be done right now? It's almost none of them. It's usually none of these things has to get done right now. It's like, oh, I need to make that phone call. Well, when when do I really need to make that? Well, if I did it any time in the next two weeks, that would be fine. So right. let me, you know, let me put that over here on my calendar for Wednesday or something, right. you know, and, and if I just deal with each tiny thing one bit at a time by beginning with just get them out of my head and onto a piece of paper, there's just a tremendous amount of freedom in there and things that, you know, an overwhelming to do list turns uh, manageable all of a sudden yep. if I can get it on paper in front of me. So if I'm yes. feeling lost, because, you know, a vague mental list is always overwhelming and there's yeah. always a lot of fear and concern underneath it. Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head with that grandiosity that we tend to have and wanting to complicate things. It's like, okay, I want to become a meditator. First step, get a PhD in transcendental meditation, <laughs> right. you know, and it's like, no, the first step is sit your butt in the chair. Done. You know, keep it simple. Um, I like your idea of a list. And I've even done this with meditation. Just keep a pencil and a little notepad. And if I try to meditate and all the stuff starts bouncing around or I'm thinking about my shopping list, I'll just stop for a second and make a couple of notes. And I'm like, okay, I can pick this up later. Now I can let it go. Now I don't, because otherwise some part of my mind is trying to hold on to it. And then I can't get to that piece, you know, but it's okay to stop and jot a couple things down. Now, over time, we learn to do that um, mentally, right? So that we don't have to actually write it down. We learn to set those things aside. But I love, you know, all these cheesy things that they say to us, you know, put, put your troubles over there, set them down. You can pick them up again later if you want to, you know, all these things, they really work. They are ways of organizing the chaos. It's ways of um, clearing out some of that stuff that's bouncing around, that's renting space in our head, like we like to say, and is creating, it's, it's stealing our peace, really. It's stealing our peace, you know, and so we want to learn how to get that peace back because I think maybe that's one of the reasons I drank was trying to turn that sh stuff off, 
trying to turn it off, you know, trying to get my brain to just be quiet for a while. And when I was drinking, I achieved that. I achieved a level of peace. Um, now I can learn to do that in other ways that are much healthier for me. So one of the other ways that I was able to employ this idea of, you know, the power of order and moving from that chaos into more peace is learning to allow things to unfold rather than forcing them. Again, this is a very deceptively simple concept, which is actually very deeply spiritual. Um, you know, our culture is sort of a go get them culture, you know, get out there and do it, you know, be productive, be proactive. And it's not that those things are bad, but um, if that's the way we approach our whole life, then it's not going to be very peaceful. Uh, I've really learned that sort of a more of a just allowing, okay, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Let me do this thing that appears to be the next indicated thing. And let me see what unfolds on its own without me forcing it, without me having to create a specific outcome, because often the outcome is completely different than what I had in mind and infinitely better than what I had in mind. So allowing things to unfold effortlessly uh, on their own um, without my foreseeing them. And this requires trust and faith, you know, um, but what kind of a trust and faith is it? It's, it's not a blind trust, you know, it's not like, um, it's not, what am I trying to say? We don't just go, oh, everything's just going to be okay. I'm just going to trust God. It's a, it's a faith that is really grounded in our principles. And our principles are that the, the universe is an ordered place. There is a divine order that permeates all things. I don't have to understand it. Don't have to be able to completely describe it. But I trust and I know that it's the case. And so I'm putting my faith in something that's very real. Um, that's really important to me. I'm not a fan of just like, just believe, you know, that that makes you some kind of spiritual person because you just blindly believe something. The Fillmore's were all about demonstration. You know, what, what can be scientifically demonstrated? What can be proven? What can, what do it and see it pan out in your life. And that's all the proof you need, you know, and, and watch other people, uh, do it and it works for them. I learned so much in 12-step recovery by just watching how other people lived their lives. You know, oh, I remember when so-and-so had that problem they were sharing about in the meeting, and I watched how they handled it and how it unfolded. And that gave me the courage and the faith that things could also unfold that way for me. That's the beauty of the group process. I love that allowing things and not forcing things, yeah. because I believe that's the way the universe works that's that's god's way to me yeah. i've i've a long time ago uh, came to realize that i i don't i don't believe that god's power is a coercive kind of power i believe it's a persuasive kind of power it allows and things unfold and it reminds me of the title of this eric butterworth book that i'm preaching out of that we had talked about in the flow of life you can get in the flow you know yeah. if, if 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 i'm willing to get in the flow and let it carry me that is so much easier 
then, oh, so you know, like if I'm using a river analogy, then get on the bank of the river and run. Right. Know, right. Down. That, that's exhausting. Let's just get on a raft and, and, and let it flow. And that doesn't mean that I'm giving up my power mm-hmm. or my influence in my life. It means I'm not fighting. You know, in the big book, doesn't it say we ceased fighting? Yes. Anyone or anything, we get in the flow. Another one of those um, advice for newcomers that I still will use um, is if I'm feeling down, I was advised by a sponsor to write out a gratitude list. Mm-hmm. And I used to always groan if I was in a meeting and someone was suggesting topics and someone said, let's talk about gratitude. Like, yeah. oh, really? Again, do we have to? But when I was walking out of that meeting, I always felt great. Yeah. I don't know why I had that resistance. But my sponsor said, write a, get out a pad and a pen or a pencil and write down 30 things that you're grateful for and then call me back. Yeah. And so I would do that and I call him back and he'd say, okay, now extend your list to 100 things and call wow. me back. Your and sponsor that, was hardcore, dude. <laughs> doesn't, that, doesn't that seem like it would be impossible? You know why? It's because I'm being grandiose. Like, what am I grateful for? Oh, nuclear power and solar. <laughs> you know, No, no, no. I'm grateful that I have shoes on my yes. feet. Yes. I'm grateful that I'm not freezing cold right now or yeah. sweating. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm grateful that every time I breathe in, there's oxygen there for me. I don't need to go earn it. I don't need it. It's just there. So you start to focus on seemingly small things. And then I would inevitably realize I am surrounded by all of these wonderful things, piles and piles and piles of them. And that has always helped me shift my consciousness if I was feeling down. Yeah, you know, that's a wonderful practice. And I can see our resistance to it initially, but um, it's a way of ordering the mind, right? It's a way of taking that chaos, all these things that we're groaning about and complaining about and we're not happy with, and giving them some order, putting them... um, putting them into right perspective. So when we're worrying and we're groaning about things, our perspective is that life sucks. None of it's going the way we want it to, you know, and that's not going to lead to peace or order. When we begin to make a gratitude list, we start to see that most things really are working quite well, that the universe maybe really is a friendly, benign place after all. And we begin to see the ways that we are supported constantly you know, the, the things that are being provided for us. And, and it shifts our perspective from the universe being a scary, dangerous place that I've got to sort of scramble to keep in order to, no, the universe is basically a friendly place that is supporting me. I need to get into the flow and allow it to support me. And, um, you know, at your suggestion, I'm also preaching out of that book, Um, over these weeks right now in the flow by Eric Butterworth and it really is about getting into that flow that letting letting life unfold um, and trusting that things are unfolding as they're as they should and that I am being supported the universe supports me the things that I need will be provided for me when I need them Um, 
You know, it's really just a different way of looking at the universe. And again, as we know in unity, what we hold in our consciousness is what typically unfolds. So if I believe that the universe is a friendly place and I believe that all things are um, unfolding for my highest good, then that's what's most likely going to manifest in my life. Absolutely. Yeah, it ha- it works with Volkswagen Beetles and everything. Perfect may have sold sold the story <laughs> years and years ago I got a Volkswagen Beetle in 1970 I mean the old you know classic style and the yeah. very same day that I got my beetle all these other people also got Volkswagen <laughs> because I was seeing them everywhere right and but but what's really going on of course and we can laugh is that you know it was it's what I call the confirmation bias you know whatever it is I'm thinking about in my head that's what I'm going to see more of. And so if I want to find a path to goodness, so to speak, whatever the heck that might mean, the, the more I can carry that consciousness in my mind, the more of that kind of thing I'm likely to encounter, the more likely I am, therefore, to have a good experience. And, and what you're describing, we could have called that, Eric Butterworth could have called that book, Let Go and Let God, yeah. because that, that phrase is not so much instructions to me as a reminder how do I let go and let God? Well, make a gratitude list, call down your call list, um, you know, write down all the things that are flying around in your head that you're worried that you're not going to get done. You know, those are the little things we can do to effectively let go and let God. And I have a friend that has this tattoo and it reads, discipline is freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had never thought about that before, but the tattoo got me thinking about it and the and i don't like the idea of being disciplined i never have what that sounds like is people are telling me what to do and i have no latitude right and for many of us in uh, recovery that's a big issue perhaps Um, our style but you know keeping things somewhat organized creates freedom for me because i do not have to worry about those things and of course it's all a matter of balance i don't want to go overboard with organization but i don't want to be living in chaos either so discipline is freedom to a degree that we have to discover but we're going to change gears and turn our attention to a question or a comment from our listeners and here's a question that often comes up and I can identify with this for sure. I still feel like my life gets turned upside down and I don't like it. How can I make this stop happening? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, some some things are just part of life, you know. There's the I think my expectations about life weren't realistic when I came into recovery, so you know, some things just are part of life. Things happen. Um, and learning to adapt to that is, uh, can be helpful so that it's not like, why is this happening to me? You know, no, it's not happening to you. It's just happening. And we can't typically control everything that's happening, but we can control our reaction to it. Let me rephrase that with a lot of discipline and practice, we can learn to somewhat control our reactions to it because I don't mean to make it sound like that is easy at all because it's not, but that's where our power does lie, not in controlling the universe, but in controlling how I'm responding, what is happening within me. That's where our power is. Um, And then just having that trust trust that we've been talking about that faith in the process that there is an order in the universe that when i'm in the flow i'm not resisting i'm not fighting i'm not struggling i'm allowing 
Doesn't mean I'm passive, doesn't mean I'm not suiting up and showing up, but I'm allowing things to unfold as they should in a, in a universe that I choose to believe is friendly and supportive. Yeah, and I agree. And, and what came to mind for me is it's not, it's not so about, much about making it stop. It, it's about allowing it to unfold and it's about how I respond Yes. to what's happening like you're talking about it's like like what is in my consciousness and some of these very simple tools the that i was calling sort of the newcomer tools that i still use are exactly the kinds of things that can help me like okay so well how do i respond to it well if i'm worried about a whole bunch of things i'll just write down a list yeah. of all the things i'm worried about so that when i call my sponsor my trusted advisor or, or wh whoever i turn to for things like that i can you know talk through some of this stuff i can express what's going on within me and so yeah not about so much about making it stop as how we respond although i have found that over time it will subside i mm -hmm. think yes life becomes more and more peaceful well, as always, we like to offer an affirmation to solidify what we've been talking about today. And our affirmation today goes like this. My life is balanced and in order and all is well. I love that one. Well, it has happened again. You've given yourself the gift, we like to think so, of another hour of listening to the spirit of recovery. And we're truly grateful that you have. We hope that you have found something, found something in all of our yakking that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own addiction recovery. Thank you, Michelle, again, of course, for our discussion. And thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. And listeners, if you'd like, you are always invited to connect with us on our Facebook page throughout the week. It's called Spirit of Recovery. And please give us your thoughts and feedback. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark, on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts. 
and ignite your best life.